You're listening to Strictly Anonymous on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chains. Here is your host, Kathy. Hey, welcome to Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. If you want to follow Strictly Anonymous Podcast on Twitter, follow me at Cartoon Therapy. Follow uh, the show at Strict Anonymous. If you want to be on the Strictly Anonymous Podcast, this is a call and advice show where I talk to total strangers about all kinds of things. You could call in, you could remain anonymous to everybody, all of my listeners. You remain anonymous to me. Call me from a block number. I don't care. I, you can make up a name. I could change your voice. I change most of the voices on my show, but most people would never even know because I just changed the pitch a little bit. They still sound like a normal person, but it doesn't sound like them. Uh, so if you're interested in calling in, but you don't want people to find out, this is the place to do it because you do remain anonymous. Um, if you have a problem, if you want to talk about a secret life or a naughty life that you lead and you think it would be fun to just spill your guts, do it on my show, Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Send it to, send an email to Strictly Anonymous Podcast at gmail.com or go to my website, Strictly Anonymous Podcast.com and click on Be on the Show. If you can write a review for my show, write a review. That'd be really great. Reviews are really helpful and I love reading them. I really love when people who listen to my show send their two cents in and just send me, you know, and, and write to me. So you could use that email, Strictly Anonymous Podcast at gmail.com to send me uh, emails. I respond to everybody. I love hearing from people who listen to my show. Uh, what else? I have on a guy today who emailed me. Everybody emails me now. I don't get any people from Craigslist. I haven't got any people from Craigslist. And Craigslist is over. I can't get people from Craigslist because there's no more Craigslist personals. So people just email me. Uh, the, the guy today emailed me. His name is Steve. Let's call him Steve in quotes. <laughs> and Steve is an interesting guy. You see by the title, he dates, he just started dating guys and strippers. <laughs> and that's like a kind of, it's not that it's misleading, but that's not the whole story. There's a lot of stuff behind that. This is a guy that's in his 50s, that's divorced, and is like, to me, coming into his own and sort of living out uh, his life, like living his life uh, the way he wants to do it, which includes dating whoever the fuck he wants to date, uh, including guys, right? Not really dating them, but like fooling around with them, hooking up with them, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> we talk all about that. We talk about the girls that he's dating. We talk about his past relationships. And we also talk about a whole other interesting topic, which is that his his daughter is transitioning to be a guy, right? Uh, and he's gone through that process for the past couple of years. And we talk all about that as well. And it's really super interesting to hear from the parents' perspective, right? Uh, like I said, he had a daughter. She's in the midst of transitioning to be a guy. So that would be his son. I think he is the son now, right? But he talks all about that. And like I said, that's really interesting too. So we talk about everything. <laughs> How many times did I say talk on this intro? I have no time to retape this, so I'm just going to go with it. Uh, and I'm going to be right back on with Steve. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone? To anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. 
send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous. Uh, hey, Steve, welcome to Strictly Anonymous Podcast. How are you doing today? All right, Kathy, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. So you have a lot of stuff going on. You had sent me an email <laughs> And you like told me like a little bit of your whole life story, like in like a couple sentences, and and then you were like, "What the fuck?" And I was like, "What the fuck?" Because <laughs> you're like, "I've been." I'm just gonna sit rattle it off real quick. You're like, "I've been married twice. The first time was a long relationship. You're married for eleven years. The second one was like one of those quickies, in and out, eighteen months. It was done. You were like, "I'm really sick of dating girls," but you're like, "I'm dating." a stripper recently and I have a date with another woman later tonight and I also this was a this was something interesting you're like and I also just made a date with a guy on adult friend finder and then the other really interesting thing that you said is that you had a child that was transitioning right and was just about to start taking hormones it was a female going to a male or your male going to a female Female going to male. So yeah, your daughter was turning into a, 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 a your son, right? As you were said, yeah. it, like this is all just going down. So you have a lot of shit going down. I don't even know where <laughs> to begin, but you did also say that you wanted to talk or like you thought that I got it wrong, which I'm always open to, right? I love being wrong. It like kind of humbles me because I think I kind of know everything. But and then we have like, I have this ongoing debate with guys that like blow other guys, right? But don't think that they're gay or bi or into guys at all, right? I talk about this a lot and you were like, you had your own take on it, right? And uh, right. and what was that? Why don't you just explain your side of things? Because it made sense to me. It sounded interesting. Well, uh, it goes to all the Latin that my mother made me take in in uh, in high school. Uh-huh. The useless dead language that I'll never use ever again. But what <laughs> right. it did do was help with certain things like just the term by itself means two and it's just a it's a there's two things it's equal there's equal parts and things along those lines but when i think about bisexuality you know i really i don't see it as 50 50 like i'm 50 percent with girls and 50 percent with guys i'm like mm-hmm. i will take the pussy over the nine times out of ten probably, you know if it was offered instead of dick absolutely 100 percent. but you know this is something i'm just trying to try out so I found a term, as I've done all my research on the transgender stuff for my kid, mm-hmm. of um, heteroflexible. Yeah, I've heard that term before. Yeah, that's like, I think, more suitable, right? Or to people like that don't fall in that 50-50, like I, I'm into guys and women. It's more like, because I always make it like, oh, it's a range. Like some people are like 80-20, right? There's just like a scale and everyone falls in between, right? But there was only used to be one word, which is by. And like you said, that would be like someone who's equally into and totally open to men and women regardless, right? I think there's less people like that. I think there's more people that are what you would say hetero flexible, right? Where they're yeah. like 70, 30 or 90. You sound like you'd be 90, 10, right? Cause you're like nine out of 10 guy times. I'm going to go for the chick. Right. But every yep. now and then 10% of the time, maybe you like a little dick, right? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, well, I don't know whether this guy and your date is the first experience you're ever going to have. Like, let's start with that. Is this thing with you dating a guy or, or setting up a date with a guy and has that even taken place yet since we emailed? I don't know, right? Has that, is this like your first like dive into that pool or have you done this yeah. before? 
Yeah, this is the very first. Oh, that's so, kind of like exciting, actually. I mean, because you're 51, right? And that's like interesting that at your age, you're deciding to, you know, let your freak flag fly. I give you credit for that because some people like are just been keeping it a secret or I don't know. And they never, you know, but like here you are in the middle of your life doing something completely, you know, sort of very out of the box, right? And new. But yeah. I, I think that's that's yeah. great. So, yeah, it was funny, too, because uh, I did have that date. and With the guy? It was interesting. It was, yeah, it was a comedy of errors, too, because, I mean, I hadn't been dating, so I haven't been doing any, uh, what do we call it, uh, manscaping or any of that stuff. So, you know, <laughs> I did the old uh, nair thing, and, it was, you know, it was a few years since I've done that. So oh, no. I went ahead and did that, and I ended up getting freaking chemical burns on my nuts. <laughs> oh, my God. And, like, with so, a woman, it wouldn't be so bad because most likely she's not going to fuck you on the first date. But if you're going to meet a guy, he probably, you want action, he wants action, right? Like, you're you're doing something quicker, maybe, probably, most of the time. Well, definitely, because, I mean, it was <laughs> weird because the conversation was, hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? Uh, what are you doing? Nothing. What are you doing? Nothing. Hey, you want to get down? All right, I'm down with anything. You know, it's just so simple. And I always say, I think that gay men are like the happiest guys on the planet. Like I feel, (laughs) I always tell my heterosexual guy friends that are really horny for girls and just like the total players and just like always chasing chicks. You know, I'm always like, you'd be so much happier if you were gay. I think gay men are just (laughs) the happiest, right? Because it's just, there is none of that bullshit, right? It's like you, you operate on the same way, right? you're like, you're not looking for any kind of foreplay. He's not either, you know, so you just cut to the chase, what you're both there for. So did he see the burn on your balls? <laughs> no, no, actually, once he got into it, it, I didn't feel it at all. It wasn't until I got in the shower when I got home that I actually felt it again. So it worked out all right. But what were you looking for? Like, because I do have, for the, with these hetero-flexible guys that are on my show, right? And I don't know if you've listened to a bunch of them, but each one has different things that they're into. Some guys just want to blow guys. Some guys just want to get blown. It's rare that I have a guy that'll get fucked in the ass and doesn't think that they're, like, into guys, really. But, like, there are, of course, that's a thing if you're bi, even if you're 10% bi, right? What was it about guys that you were looking to experience? And when you made it, like, a date, are you looking to, like, are you open? Open to possibly actually even dating somebody and being emotional with a guy, or was it just strictly like a sexual thing? Uh, I, I'd say strictly a sexual thing. I think you know it was my birthday when I was going down this path and trying to figure shit out. And it's like you know what, fifty-one years old, you know, don't say no until you try it, kind of thing. Uh huh. So that that was the whole thing. I just wanted to go ahead and, and try it, see if I liked it, see if there was something to it. Um, you know, I did like. Some of it, some of it I don't think I do. Um, but did you try it, it all? Like when you say no. I wanted to try it, like what were you thinking that you would want to experience with a, with a Jude? Well, um, giving a whirl, uh, just kind of touching and uh, things along those lines. The kissing part just really never appealed to me. Um, anal, uh, I don't know, I'd rather get pegged try that first before I try to do with a guy, but, you know, I'm kind of, again, I go back to what I said, I'm never going to say no until I try it, so it's still on the to-do list. I just... So you'd like to be a top, but also, are you, would you be open to trying to be a bottom as well, or no? 
Uh, yeah, I actually had to look up those terms when I was on the Bill Finder last week. Uh-huh. I know what top, bottom, and verse is. So What's verse? Uh, like, you like both? I guess so. Yeah, I don't know that's, that word. That's what I read. Uh-huh. Versatile. Oh, right, right. Perfect. That makes sense. So with this guy, was it just oral? Like, and when you say oral, do you mean like giving and receiving on both ends for you? Yeah, giving and receiving. And he wanted a kiss. I gave it a shot. Uh, definitely not a fan. <laughs> what? Too beard, much razor stubble? Yeah. <laughs> no, he didn't shave. I have a beard, so it's kind of, yeah, not not a fan. Okay, but, so but you tried it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... And how um, was your first experience? Was it just like, oh my god, like the hottest thing? Was it like, oh, something's kind of missing? Like, how how did it play out for you? I was really turned on. Actually, I kind of enjoyed giving the oral, and obviously enjoyed receiving it. Uh-huh. Um, just touching another guy was kind of exciting mm-hmm. and erotic. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it's like a you know the feeling when you're in a new relationship, NRE, I guess they call it. I don't know if it's just because it's new to me. That um, it, it's exciting, right? But I'm willing to. I'm willing to do it again with the same guy. Um, I'm, I might depends mm-hmm. if I'm horny, but I'm, I want to kind of look at potentially other guys, and that's the other thing about Adult Friend Finder. It's at my age, and you talk a lot about it, this on some of your podcasts. Is yeah. some of the generational differences between women today and women of my generation. Yeah, there's. A lot more uh, flag flying freaks, I guess. Yeah, the younger generations. Totally. Um, so, adult friend finder is kind of—it's a lot of couples, a lot of uh, big, beautiful women, and uh, a lot of guys. <laughs> right. So there, there wasn't a lot of single women that were kind of looking to, you know, get all crazy. On, mm-hmm. At least in my area. I only looked around my area. Though. Right. Yeah, I think that's way harder to find a, a girl. That's like the unicorn, right, that people are looking for. Yeah. So, and I just kind of, I don't know, I, just, I was just in this place after, you know, I was not dating for a, a long period of time after my second marriage. And I travel a lot for work, and i just been having this attitude of, you know, why the fuck not? So, when I was in... Um, Oklahoma on business, went to a strip club, met a few very nice strippers and actually had a spark with one of them and we started seeing each other outside of that and that's been fun. So whenever I'm in town, we hook up. You see her. Okay, that's cool because I know you did say like you were like really sick of dating women. (laughs) Well, But the stripper's okay? Yeah, but well, it's kind of different. Mm-hmm. Because when we go back to what we were just talking about, that whole interaction with the guy to kind of hook up was so uh-huh. freaking simple. And when I'm dating with the women, there's a lot of, all right, there's guys just do it to themselves, honestly. I mean, I've seen how these single guys try to hit on and pick up women on these sites, and it's, I, I just, it's just not my nature. I can't do it. These guys are doing just getting all creepy and nasty. And the woman just has to kind of put filters on everything and they have to make sure that, all right, is this guy crazy? Is he not crazy? So I try to do that, put it at ease and we can have, go back and forth, have conversations, and, uh, you know, try and do that stuff. But it's a, it's a process to kind of start dating women. Right. And did you find that yeah. it was easier with the stripper because you met her there and then maybe it was, it's just like a sexual thing between you guys and she doesn't really expect much? Like what's the difference? 
Well, I think, I mean, she's been doing this for a while, and we talked a little bit about it. And, you know, there's a lot of guys in, that have hang-ups about certain things and, and things like that. And so she is not, uh, maybe her expectations aren't that high. <laughs> uh-huh. Or that she's just looking, you know, for some fun and some good conversation and someone that treats her nice. And I'm fine with that. That's, that's I think, what she is looking for, even though she said she wanted to be friends and possibly more. But I think she's really responding to just someone treating her nice. How old is she? She is 36. Okay, so that's pretty great, right? I mean, she was probably yeah. hot. She's 36 yes. for you. Like, that's a good find. <laughs> Right? I mean, it's just like perfect for where you're at in your life, for what has just recently happened to you, right? You're probably not looking to get sort of tied down, right? You're a little irritated by all the probably drama that goes into, you know, a real relationship. So, you know, maybe the 36-year-old stripper is is like the the perfect person for you. Though you were, told me you did have another date with another, with a black woman, you said that when you emailed me, like you need, had it like that night or the next day, like you're still also like looking for variety when it comes to women too. Well, it, it's just kind of weird because once I made this commitment to try things like this, it seemed like everything started happening on, you know, the relationship front. Like I had this woman respond to me on, on a match. Uh-huh. And then there was uh, another woman last night. I was just grabbing a drink and, and dinner on my way home from work. Let's check up a conversation, and we might have a date later on. So, I mean, I don't... All this is like a, years of a drought. Right. You know? And now, all of a sudden, it's like as soon as I go ahead and make one move, like, you know, all right, I'm going to go ahead and try a guy, all of a sudden, all this shit starts happening. So Yeah, like they say, when it rains, it pours. Is that right? That's, that yeah. is a true thing, it, right? It is. So, and, how long know, has it I been since this. you were divorced to your second wife? Uh, let's see. We are five, six, five years? 2000, no, 2012. Right. So, you yeah, had a while years. of being like just staying away, and now you're back in the game. Even if you didn't really realize it, you kind of are, right? I guess I am, yeah. I mean, I, my kids were feeling bad for me, and they said, Dad, just go ahead and date. And I tried to do a date and end up with some insane woman for a month or so, and then I, I just said, this is why I don't want to date, and I just stopped it. <laughs> what was so, why did the second marriage last, like, so short? Like, and how long were you, be, like, I mean, you were married for 18 months, or were you together a total of 18 months? No, we were together for about four years. Okay. Um, the challenge was that neither one, of us, neither one of us fully healed from our initial divorce, number mm-hmm. one. Number two, there were stepkids involved. And... Neither one of us were trained on that. And we had a lot of them together. I won't say how many, but it's somewhat unique. But together, and they were right around the same age, and just being a step-parent is very different than being a parent. Because, and I learned this the hard way. And it just, you know, if it was, if we never got married, we lived our own, in our own houses, and just got together when the kids were at the other spouse's house, we'd probably still be together. Because I loved her, I felt that she loved me, and, and you know, it was so much different than my first marriage where I, I said, I'm just going to go with love instead of, you know, I went after uh, brains right. the mm-hmm. first time. That right. didn't work out very well. <laughs> you went after so, brains the first time and that didn't work out? That was the no, your loveless, yeah, yeah, sexless marriage. 
Yeah, I was just, I was just had this plan, and you know, the best laid plans are crap. But basically, all right, I wanted the two point three kids. Uh, we had both had graduate degrees. I actually helped pay for her second one. She was a CPA. I helped pay for that. So career oriented. Uh, working toward financial goals and had this picture in my head. She signed up for it and we had our first kid. And well, uh, we're not going to talk about this, but I'm just not going to work anymore. And, you know, so that totally went out the window. And one thing after another, it just, it just never had, hit it off. I mean, she liked sex when we had it, but you just never had it. And I was, it was just, I was just done. Right. So it sort of was like good on paper, but just not for some reason it didn't work out in reality. Right. Like everything was there, right. If you wrote it down, like you'd be like, this sounds perfect. But for some reason it just really wasn't perfect at all. And that is so why I went after my second relation. Just like, I'm just going to let whatever guide me, you know, feelings Uh or whatever. And, uh, you know, I actually had a broken heart after that, so that was that was a good thing. I still felt something, right. at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, and you know it, it hurt the kids on both sides and everything else when we, when we ended up breaking up. But uh, I think it was for the better. But I think there's somewhere down the line there might be just a, a mix of, of the two. And I have, I'm just giving up on trying to figure out what that is. I'm just going to let whatever happens happen. Right. And then now let me ask you this because you just had your first date with a guy, right? And you're just like, oh, let me figure it out. It's my birthday and I'm just like changes in the air, whatever's going on, right? But like, had you ever thought, like, when did you realize or know or did you never know until now that you had a thing for guys, maybe? I thought about it. When I was was preteen before we could actually had hair on our balls, I Mm -hmm. mean, some friends just kind of played around, I guess I'll always do that i think um so yeah i think a know. lot of guys had a lot of gigs but i mean i hear shit from some guys that tell me that stuff that went down like in their high school locker like i swear that i'm just like oh my god do you really like register what this all means in your head and they don't like they just see it as like this thing that happened you know but a lot of that kind of stuff does go down right when you're younger yeah yeah so i mean so i had done it uh, at the time, it wasn't sexual. Sexual because I mean, hell, we didn't really have those urges back then. It was just, you know, just playing around, doing some silly. Um, but I, you know, I remembered it, and uh, I said, "Well, I think I might want to try that." And mm-hmm. it's, that's kind of what. And so I've been thinking about that for a while, but I was never really going to do it. Right. So it was always there, sort of yeah. in your head and whatever, but you had never experienced anything or but you've eventually did recently um and it was great yeah i enjoyed it right i enjoyed it and the guy and the guy was he like do you have like a type did you realize like i mean because sometimes i think you don't know what you want until like you realize what you don't want right like so that guy that you met were you like oh he's great but like i realize i really want like a bigger dick or a taller guy or like maybe someone not so hairy or i don't know like do you have a type i i don't i mean i really i was just looking for the experience Uh uh-huh um but i'm i'm looking around and yeah uh, bigger dick is probably something I wanted to try, so that's what I've been looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, I got another—I don't know if it's a date, but I'm meeting somebody Saturday. See what happens. A guy. 
Yeah. Another guy. And now when you find these guys right on Adult Friend Finder, are they like from your area or do you drive pretty far out to meet them? Because I always wonder like, you know, or I would be if it was me, like I would worry because I just like think things through probably too much. Like what if it's like someone that, uh, I mean, you see the people on Adult Friend Finder, right? But like what if it's someone that I know that I don't know that I know that, you know what I mean? Like it could be dangerous, right? You if Especially if it's something that you're trying to keep a secret. Well, and that that is definitely something. So I insisted on a face pick once we started making that decision, just so I made sure that he wasn't somebody that I knew. Right. Um, and then, you know, I'm a pretty big guy. I was in the military. I, I do conceal carry, so I'm really not that concerned about safety. Right. But we drove, like, um, oh, gosh, maybe 30 minutes, 35 minutes to get to his house. Right, so you go you know, pretty far I away. I probably... Yeah, I, I probably won't host just because my kids are old enough that even though they're at their mom's, they might pop into my house at some point, and that's not what I want them to see. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, do you plan on like this kind of thing right now that you're you're sort of open enough to try it? Do you feel that you're open enough to actually tell anyone that you're into this, or is it something that you're going to keep like on the down low? I think it's too early to decide that. Uh-huh. Um I'm going to keep going, and if it's still exciting every time I do it, I think I'll keep doing it. And if I keep doing it, then, yeah, I might tell somebody. Right. Um, And, like, if you're with a woman and you're having a relationship, would you let her know? Because maybe it's something that you would keep wanting, you would want to keep doing, you know, right? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, one of the girls that I dated after my marriage um, was in swinging before. Uh Uh-huh. And I had no idea what it was, but my nature, I have like an OCD thing is like, if something's interesting, I will just dive in and try to read everything I can about it or right. listen to podcasts or whatever. So I kind of dove into the swinging thing, just understanding it. We never did it, but uh-huh. just trying to understand it and things on low ones and why people do it. And that kind of opened up a lot of things in my head as I started going down there, you know, it's like, Hey, it's just sex, you know, it's, all the crap that society puts on people and on you and uh, how you feel about different things is just, you know, it is what it is. It's bullshit. Just kind of look what these people are doing. They're perfectly happy, healthy relationships. Um, I don't know how I'd get past the green eyed monster being jealousy, but you know, these people do it. And sometimes I don't know if you've listened. I've talked to a lot of people in the past four years that I've been doing my show. And I have to tell you a lot of people, and I, I get this a lot where they say they like, they would have 100% thought that they would be jealous, the jealous type. Like they never thought that they would be okay with watching their partner, whether it was a guy or a woman, you know, with the other, someone of the other sex. Right. But and so many of them say that when it actually happened, they not only were not jealous, they were like really into it. And it, that was shocking to them. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like they uh, knew absolutely. they were, it wasn't like they knew they weren't going to be jealous. It was like, they really thought that they were, and they were the jealous type of person. But when it actually happened, they realized they weren't and they actually really enjoyed it. So I think you just don't know, right? Well, and I'm telling you too, it's like when I masturbate, I think of my second wife. Right. in positions with other men or doing different things. and So there you go. You know, it's really hot. And, you know, at the beginning, it's like, all right, I'd feel, I, I don't think I can be a good cuck, but I'd participate. I think that'd be kind of fun, and she'd appreciate it. And, 
Yeah, you start to realize that maybe that's like yeah. what you're doing. I, it wasn't until people started telling me these stories that I realized, like, I had a long-term booty call once, and like after we were fucking for many years, it's like the same shit, you know? Like, I he would like always lie about being with other women, and I'd be like, why don't you? I would like it would actually help the situation if you told me you were with other women at this point. Like, it would be something interesting, and that's when I started to realize, like, I think I have a little bit of that in me, right? Because like, why would that add to something if it wasn't something that maybe would turn me on? Do you know what I mean? So I think sometimes. Right. You don't even realize it's something that you'd be into. But if you think about what you fantasize or what's kind of interesting to you, like maybe that that's like the sign, right? Like you said, like you were fantasizing about that. So you would probably maybe not be that jealous and maybe you'd just be into it. I, I think at this point, especially the experiences of these past week or so, uh, I, I definitely would be into it. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know until you get into it, but i I think I've gone down the path of trying to be open and honest with myself and my preferences. Uh, it's something I would try and probably be okay with. Right. And now let me ask you this because you just did like all this oral stuff with the guy and you tried kissing him and other things. Like, do you plan on the next guy? Do you want to do like, do you want to maybe fuck him in the ass or let him do it to you? Or do you want to hold or you just want to stick to oral right now? Like, do you know where you're at as far as that goes? No, I'm going to try it. You want to try it with this guy, the next guy? Yep. Yeah. That's interesting. And you want to try both ways, top, bottom? You want to be averse? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to try it. Uh, you know, I, like I said, I'm not going to say no. Right. I'll try it once. Now, then, did you ask this guy whether he's a top or a bottom? Like, do you, have you guys discussed stuff like that? Because normally I think a lot of times people are like one or the other, right? And they kind of put it out there. Um, yeah, this first guy really no. Um, cause we just kind of said, Hey, uh, oral and touching, see what happens. Kind of yeah. Thing. Yeah. Um, the second guy says I can do top bottom. Doesn't matter. And I said, he's open too. Um, yeah, he's open. That's cool. And now do you find like the first guy and this guy, do you know if they're like, are they gay guys? Are they like married guys that are doing this on the side? Are they single and like you? Are they in your age range? Like what have like what's the details of them? What's their yeah? Details? They're, they're in they're in my age range. Uh, these guys are all in the fifties. Uh-huh. Uh, the ones I've been talking to. Um, some are married. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy I was with the other night was divorced twice, so we had that in common. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And where did so, you meet that guy when you got it on with him? At his house. He could host. He didn't have, uh, his oldest kid is away in the military or something. Now, do your kids live with you? Yes, part-time. And now, what about this one? I mean, can we get into the 17-year-old? Did she yeah. just, like, when did you find out that she was, you know, felt like she was transgender? I mean, I know that she's starting to transition right now, but, like, how old was she when she told you? Um, it was two or three years ago. Uh huh. So basically, she started cutting and just sad all the time and all this other stuff. So me and her mom got her some therapy around this, and uh, the cutting kept going on. Uh, we tried swapping out doctors, trying new meds. Still, this was going on, and finally, we had to, you know put her in a mental hospital because she wanted to kill herself. Oh, God. And, you know, we finally got down to it that she just does not 
I'm saying she now because we're talking about her at that point. Time. Yeah, it's uh-huh. a struggle for me yeah. to say he now. Yeah. But she um, was uh, just started talking to a new psychi- psychologist or, or therapist, I'm not sure which, and it just kind of all started coming out. And she has been, he is now much happier. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of weird, too, because all this stuff I'm hearing from my younger kids about how things are at the middle and the high school is they're already going down this path of labeling each other, like uh, gender neutral, non-binary, whatever the stuff is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I, back in my day, you're like dick, you're like pussy, you're both, but... You know, there was nothing was, else, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I get it after my own uh, heteroflexible comments, so I, I get that part of it. But keeping track of it's kind of mind-boggling for a man like me. Yeah. I so think, but I think that that's what's so great about this younger generation that they have those labels and those things, so people could, you know, because I think when we were growing up, there was only two places that you could fit into, and you had to make a choice, and that was it, right? And then people had a secret thing on the side or whatever, but that that was all that was really known where you could belong, right? And 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 the only relationships that were available for you was you were like single or you were like in a relationship and you were going to get married and have kids, right? There weren't like a right. lot of other options, right? So everybody did the same thing you know now it's just like everyone could be who they want to be and there's names for those things right and I think that that does help people especially young people figure out who they are and where they fit you know and I think that it's so great that there's so many different places and categories for people because I think when we were growing up there was like like I said there was two things to do you either like stayed single which was like you were like frowned upon I think and or you got married and had kids at a very young age right Right. And you were straight because everything else was like taboo. Right. And so I think right. a lot of people yep. live lives that weren't really probably what they wanted to do, you know, at, at a time at the time. And it all went pretty fucking south. Right. <laughs> right. So I think it's great. Yeah. And like, so keep going with your daughter, your son. I mean, you know, with your story. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's when it started coming out. And now let me ask you this: Did the almost, therapist tell you? Because they, I don't know if she was still a minor at that time. Does the therapist come back and tell you, or did she, when she started being honest with the therapist about it, did she tell you about it? Like, how did you find out the parent? Uh, she told mom. So, right. I mean, the parent relationship right now is mom's best friend, and I'm parent, so uh-huh. I'm kind of, kind of the one. I'm, I, I'm the heavy. I, I come down on schoolwork and things like that. Right. Mom's his best friend, so. She, she came out to mom, but at the behest of the therapist. Okay. You know, this is something you kind of have to come out and share with your parents. And it took a couple of months after that before she actually um, came out to me. Uh-huh. And the mother but, didn't tell you? No. And the mother still won't talk to me about any of this stuff. So How come? You know. She knows that you know? Yeah, she knows that I know, but it, it's uh, it's... You know, if it wasn't for the kids, <laughs> that was the biggest mistake of my life. And Oh, you guys don't get along. Me. No, we, oh, we okay. don't. Oh, okay. So it has nothing to do with like the, what the daughter's going through or whatever. It's just that you and her don't communicate very well with each other. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. So we're supposed to do joint custody and, and all of a sudden uh, joint decisions on things and, and stuff like that. 
So when uh, about eight months ago, my, the ex went ahead and allowed my eldest to go on hormones. And, you know, my biggest concern was, and I'm, I'm reading and I'm trying to catch up, and a lot yeah. of people that are transgender knew at an early age and things along those lines, but I just really wanted to wait until she was old enough to make a good decision and mm-hmm. talk to her a little bit. I recommended that she needs to see a gender therapist primarily because you need to understand what you're in for because mm-hmm. life is going to be hard. It would honestly be easier for you if you were a lesbian, but you know, this I'm not judging her or anything along those lines. And she was, I, I know it would be easier. Um, but, uh, she definitely says that she's uh, a boy in right. a girl's body. And, mm-hmm. Uh, needs to go forward with that. But so, your wife didn't tell you about the starting of hormones? Like that wasn't, a, you weren't in on that decision? No. That's fucked up. Because yeah. that's what I was going to say. Like it's kind of like whatever you guys don't have like good communication with each other. But when something like this comes into play with a child, right? And it's both of your child equally, right? That it's right. like it's pretty bad if you're not communicating because the fact that you were left out of that major thing that was going to take place, right, is uh, yeah, pretty fucked up. It's corrupt. very unfa- yeah, it's unfair for for you as the father. So, you know, but she was also seventeen when this started. All she had to do really was wait one one more year. Mm-hmm. And do I come down as the heavy and risk potentially a long term relationship? And I know she's he is now you know in a fragile state about all this stuff. Do I want yeah. to antagonize that? So. I'm walking on eggshells, too, because I don't know what the right or wrong thing is to, to mm-hmm. say to put her back in the psychiatric hospital or something. So right, that's right, right. a struggle. Yeah, it puts you in but, a weird... It, but that also puts you in a worse position. And the only person yeah. that's doing the wrong thing is your ex-wife, <laughs> not yeah. your daughter. I mean, that you know, this is like sort of her life, but you guys and the way you guys deal with it is important, right? And you would think something like this would bring you guys together right and there would be open communication but the fact that she still can't put her shit aside and can't talk to you about it is ridiculous you know what i mean yeah don't you think i I do and i i've been nothing but gracious she married her second marriage was a drunk violent drunk and i got full custody of the kids during that period of time oh wow um you know I, i understand a bad decision and that's what it was a bad decision she's still a good mom but I think she still feels guilty about this, and I'm the enemy for taking the kids away for that period of time. So, right, but I did what I had to do, and maybe that's why she's taking the best friend stand. So, you know, like to yeah. make up for that what happened because she feels guilty. Let me ask you this: with your daughter, like, I mean, besides like when she started cutting and stuff, like, did you see signs of any of this? Like when she was growing up, now looking back, like, do things make sense that didn't make sense, or was there like absolutely no sign of this? I didn't see it, but she kept her hair short, and she says that was a sign, Dad, you know, and, I mean, I didn't see that. She was somewhat of a tomboy. Uh-huh. Um, you know, she didn't play with dolls or anything like that, but she didn't play sports either. I, I don't know if that's stereotypical or genetic or, or what have you when you have those types of things. I'm still trying to figure that part out myself. Yeah. But, um, you know, there was no, none of those type of signs. It was kind of neutral. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't go one way or the other, but... Uh, you know, she brushed her hair. She had long blonde hair for a while, and then she cut it. So, you know, there was a few things that was, um, I guess, looking back, might make me come to that conclusion. But there but was nothing. no neon sign, sledgehammer over the head. It's just, uh, duh. 
Right, like because like you hear of like little kids like changing their name to a boy's name, you know, like much more like sort of like signs, like you said that, but those weren't there. Those things that you bring up could be you could just be a tomboy, you know what I mean? I don't think any of those right. would make a parent parent think that that was something yeah. that was coming on. And then like to the poor kid to be like cutting herself and going through all this, not realizing what's going down, you know, she must be much happier right now that she figured it out. She is. Um, you know, I just signed the papers to allow her to change her name. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, she tried shaving for the first time, or he, uh, and just got all these razor bumps and everything else. So I taught her how to shave. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which was, you know, that was, I guess, a milestone for this uh-huh. whole process. Yeah. I was going to be like, oh, tell her to get it lasered off. But then I'm like, duh, she's turning into a guy. She wants the hair, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. And How then, do your you know, other kids feel about it? They're fine. I mean, like I said, I have the, uh, the other kids are in middle school. And, you know, they're telling me, well, this my best friend is a lesbian. This one doesn't identify with any particular gender. And, and this is right. all happening right now. So they're all into this and understand it. Yeah, that's awesome. Even at their age. That's awesome. Yeah. So, and I've been the sex talk parent as well. Uh Uh-huh. So, and I have taken, since I've done all my learning and things like that, I'm more sex positive, especially with my girl, Uh my youngest. Just, you know what, it's, you know, just the, I, I did a lot of research and found out the right way to approach it without coming off and, and being a dad coming from a dad yeah uh-huh. it's uh it's very awkward but i needed to do it because i know mom wasn't going to do it no the best friend you would think that that's the easy thing to do if you're like the best friend parent no oh no she had all kinds of taboos around sex while we were married there was nothing oh right i forgot she it was a sexless but she so she even with her kids she just sort of like not open-minded about it or doesn't know how to sort of discuss it yeah, because I asked them outright, hey, have you talked to your mother about this stuff? Have you talked to your mother about this stuff? And right. Said, no, we haven't. So, so you do all that. Me. Right. And now does your does your daughter that's turning, you know, the transgender daughter, does she um, really, like, she lives with you, right? She very... No, well, the, she lives with friend. She lives with her friend? No, her mom. Oh, with the, oh, okay. Oh, right. Her best friend. (laughs) Right. Okay. But she's honest now with everything that's going on. How, how deep into the hormones has she been? Like when she just started, like, is she fully there yet? Like, has she been doing it for the past year or just a couple of months or just started? Uh, six months, six and a half months now. So. And do you see personality changes? Like, but do you see personality changes too at all? I do. Um, it's like you mentioned. It's, she's definitely happier. I'm gonna start saying he now. He's yeah, definitely happier, right? And um, we we have good conversations. You know, we talk about his girlfriends and we've actually had how far they've gone, and you know those types of conversations. And well, thank God I don't have to worry about um, you getting somebody pregnant. <laughs> right. So uh-huh. There's that part of it, but. Uh, and we joke about it, so she feels comfortable talking to me about those types of things now, and he, and um, you know, just have good conversations. I'm just trying to go with it, but I don't feel like I'm walking on eggshells anymore, which I did for like years before this all happened. Because of how so, depressed and stuff she was, right? 
so there's a level of confidence now mm-hmm. that's there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's lonely because a lot of friends at school don't know how to address this and things like that, but she's making do, or he's making do. He's got a girlfriend, <laughs> excuse me, that goes to a different school, so that works out. That's great. I mean, great for, yeah. for him. Because, you know, I read this like really fascinating article and it was like, it was so telling about men and women because this was about, they, they sort of studied transgender people who have gone through the hormones, right? To see how they felt and thought and experienced life as a male and as a female, right? Because they're the only ones that could really know, right? Like I'm a woman and I know yeah. how I feel and what my hormones do to me and you're a guy and you know how you think. And, you know, men and women are always looking at each other like we're fucking aliens right like that men are from mars women for it like because we are very different you know when it does come down to hormones and this article talked about how when the females became males and the males became females like how they're thinking and how they thought and how they wanted to speak and how they process things were very different and i really think like you know the the females that became males like they really realized that their thinking was like more like a guy right like i think men look at women and think oh we're like we talk so much and we think so much and we're so emotional and it's just like that's like the hormones like when the men had turned into females they found like they, they those things happened to them and they became that way right when they became right. women and it was like i said hormonal and and same with the women that became men they started to think differently. They were more direct. They were more to the point. You know, it was like they were less like women, and it's just fascinating, yeah. you know? I think it's easier to be a guy in some ways. <laughs> well, I know. And, you know, it's funny because I was listening to a podcast not too long ago with uh, Buck Angel. Uh-huh. And he went into the whole transition and the hormones and everything that happened to him and, you know, talking about lack of medical and things like that for the trans community. and But he really went into great depth about the hormones and what he learned about it. And, um, how he's working with some other kids that are going, or younger people that are going through that type of stuff and what to expect. So yeah, that was kind of eye-opening too. But you're absolutely right, it does. Once those hormones start, that's, that's kind of like the key to a lot. There's still that XY chromosome thing that you have to get over, but the hormones override that or trump that. Unfortunately, it's, a lifelong thing you got to keep doing though. Right. And now she, she can't get like, can she get a penis? Like, what is that whole, how does that work? And did she get a breast reduction? Like, no, we haven't done any of that. Um, will she, or will he, like, is that what he's interested in doing down the line? He wants to do top surgery. And how I came across Buck Angel was because he told me about him. Right. Um, and kind of idolized what he was doing. and, And, you know, Buck, in that same podcast was saying, and this is something that I'm going to talk about with uh, my son here um, when I see him again, uh, was that um, bottom surgery is just not there yet. Right. You know, there are too many horror stories, and if you go down that path, yeah, you'll have a penis, but he would lose his orgasm. And he oh, doesn't want God. to be, you know, that's, that's the trade-off. So, and, you know, he's 55 now. He's not going to go ahead and make that decision. He's already made his career. As uh, you know, he's, he had the top surgery, but not doing anything with the bottom. And he's had too many horror stories from people that have done bottom surgery that he would never so, risk it, right? Yeah, and I, and I think my son has heard that, and he said that he doesn't want to have bottom surgery at this point, anyway. But definitely wants to have top surgery. I just googled Buck Angel while we were talking because I didn't know who this person was. I cannot believe what a dude this guy looks like. Right? I mean, could you believe? You would never I know. know. 
Never would you know if you met this guy that he was ever a female, right? Right. And it's funny because... He looks like an MMA fighter, you know what I mean? He's like... Yeah. (laughs) But he he went in and started taking the hormones and automatically became kind of like a genetic guy, meaning that his family traits of being bald and, uh, you know, growing massive amounts of body hair and things along those lines, um, they all started happening. Right. So... The hormones really change things and they change your body yep. as well, right? Like the things like him yep. getting an actual penis can't happen and they're not there yet. Um, I think for the reverse, they could do it, right? Uh, if it's a guy transitioning to a woman, I think that there's more options, right? I'm, th- I'm assuming. Yes. Um, but yes. for the female to the male, there's not. And I'm sure your da- your son knows that, right? Because he has looked into it. But you discuss these things with him. I think that that's great that you have open communication like that. And you're well, cool I think with it. It's, well, you know, I, I wasn't cool with it in the beginning, but I have a choice. I either continue to have a relationship with my kid whom I love dearly mm-hmm. or don't. And, and I'm just not that type of person. Right. Was it just, just, was it sort of like, you know, I'm a parent, right? I have a son now. And I just, like, is it because like, as like, you know, what's, because listen, we all feel for the person who's transitioning, right? But like, there's the other person in the situation is the parent, right? And they are going to have emotions and feelings about it, right? And as a parent, before you accepted it, like, for you, was it kind of like a loss? Did it feel that way? Because like, here you had this daughter and like, sort of her wanting to be somebody else's like a loss of like who you knew and loved up until that point like how did how did it affect you absolutely i mean i had the big old fantasy of walking my oldest down the aisle and you know flowers and dresses and and things along those lines and that's Mm -hmm. gone right Mm -hmm. you know i mean i still have another daughter but the first first child is you know that's the one you kind of focus on right um so there, it was that that part was hard of it, you know, and it was hard. Mm-hmm. And even going down the path of, you know, I'm an engineer by by trade, and the whole black and white nature of, but the chromosomes, X Y chromosomes, come on, you can't overcome this. And once I started giving into my OCD and studying and learning, yeah. I found out, well, yeah, I guess you can. So <laughs> you know, it was a journey. It uh-huh. was a journey for me. Yeah, but in the beginning, it was very hard. Right. But that's very honest. And that's, I think, more real life. Right. I think. um, But you you're not even a year like you're how long did it do you think it took you to actually like really accept it and get to the point where you're talking about it like you are now? Um, Probably about a year ago. So this whole thing started about three years ago that he came out and saying he's trans. And uh, it took me about a year well, maybe six months to get over the the loss. Uh huh. And then I kind of dove into the learning mm-hmm. and trying to understand. And you know, I've learned a lot. I've delved into a lot of different subjects. And I felt comfortable about you know swinging and sexuality and all this other stuff. But this this trans stuff was probably the hardest thing for me to fully wrap my head around. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but um, I'm saying he. Uh, a lot and saying his first name that's now different than the one we gave him. Yeah. Um, that has happened the last probably six months. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's still a process. Yeah. And now did you decide like, I mean, cause you had to tell, it's not like you're just, they, he told you and then, 
you know, you told the rest of the kids in the family, but like, what about like other family members, right? Like, I mean, did everyone have to go through sort of a time of accepting because, you know, there's grandparents and there's aunts and uncles and like, did you sit everybody down? Like, how did that all go down? And I'm just asking well, these questions because I think it's just for other people in case they're going through it, right? Or, you know, just to sort of learn how it really happens in real, like what, what really goes down, you know, for the, for the right. parents and, and the other people involved. And that's an excellent point because we had a couple of reality moments mm-hmm. um, where, uh, you know, I made sure that he knew he's still part of the family. I mean, he, he has a gay cousin. My sister has a a son who's gay. Uh-huh. So it's not totally foreign to the family that, that there's this, this stuff, but this one's very drastic. And we always go on family vacations every year. We go to the same, and we all uh, go together. And he kept finding excuses not to go for the last two years. And this last one, because I had family come down here for an event. Yeah. And he ended up leaving in a huff. I'm like, what's going on? Well, they wouldn't use the right pronoun. All right, here's the thing. It's time to be real. If you're going to be doing this, you're a transgender. It's your responsibility to, to challenge them and tell them to use the right pronouns. Right. These are people who have known you your entire life as a girl. Okay. Right. You cannot expect them to start saying he and, and all this other stuff just because you posted something on Facebook because you really never sat down and talked to anybody. Right. But that was the, that was the move. Mm-hmm. He felt that once put it out on Facebook, everybody should know and treat him as <laughs> Oh, my God. That's, a, that's so their yeah. generation, right? It's like I know. They live their whole life through social media. It's like That's the way they communicate. That's it, right? Now yeah, it's a fact. Exactly. So did he eventually sit everybody down and have a conversation with them? Uh, did that ever happen? Not, every, not everybody, because we still haven't gone down to the vacation. But, you know, he definitely apologized to... The, the grandparents uh-huh. um, and had a good conversation with my mom and my mom, um, you know, she's, it, she's still really judgmental. She doesn't want to ruin the relationship, but she is who she is and she'll try to dig and say, well, you really want to do this. Why don't you try and do this and try and do that? So I try and talk him out of it even now. So, you know, he understands he's got to deal with that part of her personality, but, you know, he gets along fine with the cousins, and the cousins use the right pronouns. It's the uncles and aunts that are going to have to struggle with it still. Right. Those, and the grandparents, yeah, I mean, come really on, they're from a very crazy generation, right? They're even before us, right. and those people are really <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and just they just grew up in a time that was very different, you know? So it's just like, it's... it's uh, it's common, I think, that someone in their generation might not really accept it, but at least they're not choosing to not talk or, you know, I mean, to, to, right. they still have a relationship with your son, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, and, but we're long distance. My All my family's about a thousand miles away from where we live, so. Right, so it's not like he has to experience them or be around them and feel uncomfortable all that often. Right. That's cool. I think that that's great. I mean, you sound like you're in like a good place, don't you think? I, I hope so. It's just that everything's starting to happen all at once. And I'm just you mean experiencing with, a lot of stuff at, at age 51, you know, it's just. Yeah, but you know, uh, I really believe like as long as you're alive, 
like you could change and grow and do new things. Like I love people that decide to go back to school. At fit. Like you could do anything at any time. I hate that people, so many people think sort of like you get to a certain age and this is all you could do because you're this age, right? And it's like this, my life has to stay the same because I'm older and there is no change. But like, that's not the truth. Like I think you could do, yeah. and as long as you're alive, like you have these opportunities to completely change things up and try things that you always wanted to do, whatever. Like if you live till you're 80, you have 30 years now to experience you know sex with guys and then maybe you could swing with your next partner and you could try all these things that you always wanted to and why not you know you only live once right um so i think that as long as you are alive you have that it's it's good to change and to and to grow you know especially for the better i think for you it's for the better well, I also want to put a plug in for you, too, because there's a couple of podcasts I listened to. Yours are kind of struck pretty true, too. I think it was one of them was with your uh, former co-host. You were talking about how he basically had his penis cut off after his divorce. And yeah, the tickles. You're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, there were lots of truth tickles mm-hmm. um, with that conversation and what I had gone through that I probably fully hadn't really dealt with either. Right. Um, from my second marriage, and that was five years ago. So, you know, that part was helpful. And then I think there was another woman that you spoke with that uh, lost a lot of weight, felt empowered, and started doing... Oh, I love... Like yeah, that. uh-huh. Well, I'm a guy. Of course, I, I get zero right in on when I see that. So Right, <laughs> of course. That one was one of the first ones. That's one but of the most popular... That's, yeah, that's the one that's the most listened to, trust me. Uh-huh. But you got something yeah. out of that one as well? Well, just the conversation, when you started getting deep as to, look, you know, um, you've gone through all these changes where she's taken the, the initiative to lose all this weight and going down the path of letting her freak flag fly and not really letting her husband go where when she should have and, and things along those lines. But the real conversation about how she took ownership of her sex and sexuality and, um, and that uh, just getting in shape makes such a huge change on it. That's that kind of struck a chord with me too. So I've been uh, I've been feeling a lot better since I've been exercising as well. I haven't really felt the need to do that when I wasn't dating. So yeah, that's helped a great deal too. Yeah, definitely. I well, that was one of my most that was like one of my most favorite episodes because there was three. She wound up calling in three times, and like the first one was like the hottest one, right? It was all about this woman right. who like had this big gangbang, and then she wanted to do a part two. People were like emailing me like crazy, like please get her back on, and I got her back on. And I remember like for me, I love talking about the emotional stuff too, right? I'm not just like sitting here trying to listen to like dirty stories, and I sometimes think I cock block that stuff because I'm like asking other questions. But the second one. What took like such this different turn, right? Because it became about this whole other thing with her relationship with her husband and stuff. And I felt like, oh, I hope like my listeners don't, you know, get mad, right? Because they just wanted more of that other stuff. But to, I got so many emails like they actually really loved it even more, you know, because it was like this whole other angle to the stuff that's going down, you know, and going on. And that's what I like my podcast to be about, like all of that stuff, you know. Um, Absolutely. And so I think it's great that you listen to them and you learn that. And it does sound like, like, I think it's great. Like, this is such a pivotal time in your life. It's great that you're 51 and it's even more interesting to me that you're 51 and you're doing it. I think that th- that takes balls. And I think, and I give anyone credit that was once a dickless divorcee that is got their <laughs> dick back. You know what I mean? Because it just shows that you can. You don't have to go 
and be, you know, bitter forever. It's a, it's harder when you get older, right? I'm an older person. I know, you know, things are harder. It's like a conscious decision when you wake up every day to, you know, not be bitter and not carry your baggage on and not be all these things, right? Because life happens and life is unfair and you know what I mean? It's like shit goes down and I understand why people become dickless or divorcees or women become better but like you really have to work hard to you know let go of that stuff or work through it because you have the rest of your life to live and you you don't want to live that way life's too short you know and you're a testament to, to, to you can come out of that right it took you five years but that's real life it's not the fucking <laughs> movies i say that all the time right it's not like you just get out and you change in one day shit takes time you know but it does sound like you're in a great place. It sounds like your kid's in a great place. I'm really happy for your son, right? I think this, and you know, and you. and I'm happy that you finally got to the place that you're more accepted. And I think that probably helped you come to terms with your thing too, in a weird way, right? Because, right. you know, helped you have the courage to sort of face parts of yourself and take the plunge and experience them, right? Right. You saw yeah, your child do, do it. Stuff. Right. Well, I if I didn't do the dive in, I probably wouldn't have. I would have still been in the same place if I didn't really, you know, truly understand that, you know, the sexuality, my own sexuality, and, and and just not being restricted and being open and trying new things and stuff like that. That definitely, definitely has made a big difference. Yeah, you're coming into your own. It's like a rebirth. I think it's like awesome. I'm very curious to be like to see where you'll be at the end of this year. My prediction is you're still just like, you know, out there dating multiple people, not in a relationship. And I think that that would be the best thing for you because I think it's yeah. time for you to have fun and see lots of guys and, you know, sort of and keep seeing your stripper girlfriend or whatever. You know what I mean? And just <laughs> have a good time, you know? Well, that's my goal. And figure out what you like and what you don't like and where you're at and, you know, your gender neutral situation. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, thanks so much for calling in and sharing everything. And I look forward to checking in with you later this year and finding out what's going down. My pleasure, Kathy. And uh, I'll keep listening to your podcast as well. I love them. Awesome. Thanks so much for tuning in and uh, keep me posted. Will do. Bye, Steve. Bye. Bye. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous.